That's the other thing about regional blokes. They try to break your hand. Take it time. <laughs> not on the cards, that's all right. What's been a personal challenge you've gone through? I should have brought the mighty AU out here. G'day, I'm Ryder Jack. You might have seen me on another episode of Fearlessly Australian talking to Danny Green. Well, I'm back. This time on the road with the team heading to the regional town of Horsham. We're putting the big smoke behind us for this final episode to join two impressive young fellas, Thomas and Tonis, who grew up here and have already been through a fair bit in their lives. Tonis! TNT. We're turning our attention to what life is like for young men growing up in regional areas. What does fearless mean to you? I thought, well, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna step, step out of my boundaries and step out of my comfort zone. I'm gonna get straight into it. It's not necessarily being completely fearless, but giving it a go, giving it a crack. Oh, and you might know this legend too. Another youngish bloke, AFL star Jared Ruffhead, or Ruffy as he's known. Spoke about him moments ago, kicks a goal. Ruffy, the Coleman medalist, gets his second. All right, let's get into it. So good to see you all. Uh, maybe let's just kick off. Everyone can introduce themselves and where they're from, and then we'll jump into it. My name's Thomas. Just grew up, born and bred on a farm sort of thing, and always just putting, putting my hands to work, always wanting to do something in the shed, playing outside with the dog. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm just out at work doing engineering, stuff like that. Um, Thomas, I live in Horsham. Um, yeah, got, got three jobs on the go. So yeah, just trying to keep busy out of trouble. So yeah, going, going pretty, yeah, pretty good so far, so, so good. Um, do a bit of um, de detailing. I do get give a nice wax on and wax off. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I actually did work experience um, there, I, I did. And then just thought, to, yeah, thought to myself, well, I want to tag in uh, as a job. Beautiful. And how old are you, mate? 21. 21, three jobs. Impressive. Oh, crazy. Good work. Yeah. Looking forward to getting into it. What about you, uh, young man? Jared Roughhead, 36 year old, oh, soon to be 36 year old, uh, former Gippsland boy. Uh, now I've been in Melbourne for close to 20 years. Um, had a job playing footy and still working footy for the last four years for St Kilda Footy Club, which has been good. Awesome. So look, um, I'm not going to lie, I'm a city boy. Um, so what I'd love to start off with is I'd love to know what was it like being a kid in a regional town? It's good. Yeah. Just, you have all that freedom, just so much space, especially on the farm. There's always something to do, always something to tinker around with, always play with the dog, go for a run. Don't really have anyone else to worry about sort of thing. Heaps of freedom. What about you? Very similar to the boys. Um, Langath is a small country town in South Gippsland. It's got about 6,000 people. Um, very much sport orientated, I suppose, as, as young kids. That's what um, gravitated you towards mates and I suppose your community, really. You know, 20 years ago or so when we were kids, there was no the Playstations, there was mm. no Xboxes, there was yeah. no internet as, as such as what there is today. Um, and also, right, you know that in the country, blinkers are normally on the right. So all you people in the city that have, you know, European cars with the Volkswagens and whatnot, blinkers are actually on the ah. right. So there's something you might not know. I would have embarrassed myself. <laughs> you would turn the windscreen wide. Yeah. It's all right. My mum still does it. There you go. She's see? All sorts of mischief uh, going on. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to know, like, what are the challenges of living in a regional town? I mean, definitely getting similar opportunities and, oh, 
and facilities that what other people might have in the in the city, like everything. Oh, you'd easily, if you want to go to the gym, I'm sure it's probably a couple blocks away and there's a gym there, but here we've obviously got to travel and the one in Dimmy is always sharp because there's no one there to, to manage it and so that means I would have to travel to Horsham. But yeah, definitely with learning too, mm. it's, you don't have everything that all the city kids have got, I guess. Country kids especially, your preparation in, in planning to either get to places or schools and whatnot, um, training, all this kind of stuff. I reckon that sets you up for a bit, be a bit more independent than what maybe city kids get initially mm. because you've either got um, parents that drive you pretty much to school. Um, being a country kid, you've got to, if your mum and dad are working and you've got younger brothers or sisters, you've got to prepare how you're going to get on the bus, how you're going to get to school, what you've got to pack for training afterwards, this type of thing. And I think that sets you up for, you know, making sure your stuff's tidy, washed, mm. which I think is a good thing. Mm. And I'm always going to be biased and I've been in the city for... <laughs> You know, 20 years now, maybe longer than half my life. So, but I'd still refer to myself as a country boy. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to hear that because um, I do notice some of the boys I work with in regional towns. Some of them are like 40 year old men, like yeah. the way they talk. Or I'll start a workshop and they all come in, look me in the eye, shake me by the hand, yeah. and I don't always get that in metropolitan areas yeah. at schools. It's weird what your parents teach you. And one of the, you know, one of the things that Dad he always drilled into me was respect and manners and that you know you mm. think at the time it's like and you know when you get in trouble and you hear that chat all the time it's like i don't need this again mm. Dad. but then when you get to you know 25 26 they're the things that hold you in good stead mm. so as you said when you go up and meet someone you remember their name mm. look them in the eye give them a handshake that's the other thing about regional <laughs> blokes they try <laughs> to break they try to break your hand yeah that's no, uh, when you get these ones when they do it like this and they try and turn to show yeah. the dog it's like mate piss off yeah or like the weird the weird uncle that does that yeah. where it's like i'm breaking yeah. your hand and i'm like yeah. okay yeah great um i'm a kid um <laughs> What's been a personal challenge you've gone um, I know definitely like with schooling, I guess it has it has its struggles. I thought I had my whole life set out. I was like, oh yeah, I'll do VCE. I'm gonna work so hard and gonna achieve my like goals that I want to do and go to uni and go study paramedicine and after that I'll be a paramedic but then work on the farm every now and then too if I got time off and but yeah then started to fall into a bit of a hole a bit of a hole and schooling became a bit of a struggle I was struggling to just keep my head down looking at a textbook all day and just writing answers always behind a computer I was yeah struggling mentally mm -hmm. to keep up with everyone else and there's always such a high expectation to like you got to meet these standards and Obviously, it's pretty hard if you want to be outside when the sun's out and kick the footy or go make something. You're stuck inside mm. looking at a textbook all day. Mm. So. I love the way you described it of like falling into a bit of a hole. Like what was like a, what did a bad day look like when you felt that way? Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a bad day. It's more of a, it's like just a whole, like big time period where it was just shocking. Like, I was just get, getting worse and worse and worse. I was falling behind. I just couldn't, felt like I couldn't mentally work anymore, like doing schoolwork. So I was just isolating myself from everyone. I'd try my best to go to the library, maybe do some work, but I just, yeah, couldn't hack it. Mm. And yeah, that's when I knew I 
really need to sort this out. Mm. Like there's mums obviously starting to notice it at home. I'm struggling to hide it from my mates and obviously some people are starting to notice that oh he's not all there at the moment and but yeah I knew I had to do something so I just spoke up which was definitely a difficult thing at, to start off with but I know that everything starts with the effort you put in. Yeah. Good work. Who was the first person? <laughs> like that's massive. Like um, when people feel that way often they just keep isolating, keep isolating. I mean so. definitely probably one of the teachers at school. Yeah. Just they were very open, very on the same level with every student really. It's not like they're the normal teacher. They just give you the work and they go do whatever else. Always there for a chat. They're always asking what you're doing. How was your weekend? What are you planning to do after school? All that, like really on a student's level sort of thing, getting to know them every day really. Wow. And I thought, well, they're a pretty good fit. Although they weren't in the, the school welfare like area. Team, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought, well, I'm sure they can help me out somehow. And yeah, she was saying that it's, I know it's hard to do this sort of thing, but like very proud that you've definitely done the right thing. If you haven't done this, who knows what you'd be doing now or where you would be. And then from there, I just kept talking. And Cause I want to go, cause I can see you're a very confident person mm. and you've obviously been on a bit of a journey, but in the lead up to reaching out to that teacher that you had a good relationship with, what were some of the fears? Because I think often the fears just completely stop people from being able to reach out. So what was going on in your head before you opened up to that teacher? I guess I didn't want anyone to know. Like I'm, people would get the idea, but I just felt embarrassed. Like everyone's out there having fun. Mm. While I'm there, I don't want to be out there anymore. I don't want to talk to me mates. I just want to be on my own. I don't really know why I was doing it or the proper reason what I wanted to achieve out of it but I guess it just it sort of felt right at the time I thought that's who I was just going to grow up and be just mm. be on my own sort of thing mm. but I knew I had to change it and how like what were like physical feelings in your body just before you told the teacher like did it feel calm or were you a bit I was, panicked yeah a bit bit panicked a bit the anxiety was definitely up there yeah but I just had to push through Pull and band-aid off yeah Play a bit of um, yeah, tennis for a hobby. Ah, cool. Yeah, pretty good community over there. I've done heaps of different sports. Like sporting opportunities out here is just during the summer, I'm doing rowing and, well, not rowing completely, but I'm more coaching younger kids cool. now. Fellas, how do you notice stereotype, like the male stereotype playing up, playing out with the way that you guys grew up? Like what were some of those expectations? Um, I mean, like definitely just try and I know mentally and physically be as tough as you can. Yeah. Just definitely like, oh, if you've got problems, you definitely, I reckon I saw that it was definitely, you don't want to talk about it or you don't really show it in front of your mates and stuff is sometimes I felt like it was a bit frowned upon. Like I was like, oh, he's got some issues here and there. It's, I don't want it to bring it down the group and mm. stuff like that. Mm. Isn't it funny because part of the stereotype is to help your mates and have yeah. your mates' backs, but it's the thing of like, oh, I'll help you, but nah, I'm all good. Like, I don't mm. need help. I'm no, exactly. Good. It's quite vulnerable. Um, well, it's the same when you go to school every day. You see the same mates and you're, you're touching base every day. And you, the, you know, the first question is, how are you? How are you, mate? And it's like, yeah, yeah. good. 
And you? Yeah, no worries, you know, and that's yeah. all you say. Yeah, it doesn't go any deeper well, or further know, than that. And, you, you know, you've got to be a psychic or actually, you know, be good at people watching to understand if someone is, is struggling a bit. But I guess, you know, again, 20 years ago, we hardly went through it. It was, you know, you, you, you're trying to learn where you fit. Uh, you try and understand who you are as a person. Um, you know, you, you're hanging out with your mates, you're experiencing alcohol, girls or whatever, you know, trying to work out where you sit as a, growing up. So um, you think it's all about you, whereas, you know, when you, and then when you get a bit older and you've got your, still your close set of mates, you, you understand probably what everyone went through back in the day or how you could have maybe helped each other a little bit more than maybe what you did. Mm. I just find it so fascinating because we really value our mates. We value the boys. The boys, yeah, the boys yeah. are everything. But often we're not making the most of those relationships because, yeah. yeah, some of those fears it's, or stigmas. Yeah, it's definitely hard as well in the country. Like, obviously, friend groups can be so restricting. Like, I know people who are in Melbourne going to school and they're like, oh, yeah, there's 200 kids just in my year level. I'm yeah. like, yeah, there's 150 kids at my school yeah. altogether. Yeah. And there's... Like, I think in V, because I did VCAL in year 12 and a bit of year 11, there was only, in year 12, VCAL, there was only five kids in her mm. class, including myself. So, yeah, wow. Obviously made it a bit difficult, but we all got along. We're all a good, quiet group. Mm. But yeah. There's probably something too, that's because it's dwindling down so much. You remember back in the day when there was farms around that would support local communities and whatnot. Mm there'd be seven farms and those seven farmers would have four or five kids. Yeah. So then all of a sudden there's 35 kids that could, you know, grow up together and whatnot. Now what you'll see is one person buys the seven farms and has one kid. Yeah, exactly. So what did the struggles uh, look like for you? Yeah, I had a bit of a, um, yeah, bit, bit of a struggle when I was in um, primary school. I, I wasn't really open with my uh, mates um, yeah, as well. If you have problems, you just got to uh, open up to everyone and just um, instead of get, keeping it in, just get gets it worse um, on yourself. So but best to, to talk things out, talk things through, because I've always been pretty quiet like a mouse. Mm. Uh, I was just not, not talking at all. Mm. So yeah, that, that was the main, main struggles. Definitely like, two step forwards, one step back sort of thing. But it sometimes you can't really control it yourself either. Mm. You just got to find techniques to deal with it and experiment with yourself. See if, like, oh, if I'll go try this, see if it distracts me for a bit. And mm. I know you just got to sort it out yourself sometimes or you can get help from others as well. Mm. I can't believe you're 18, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I think looking back too, it's easy to say, what, you know, advice and whatnot, but understanding that not everyone's got a different story. Yeah. So not yeah. knowing that um, what you think of a person or what you think that, oh, this person's the most popular in school or the best at sport or um, everything in their life is perfect. Actually, you know, when you, if you can get them on the right day and, and dig a bit deeper, but knowing that they may be going through something as well mm. is something that, you know, you what your mind tells you when you're growing up around um, the kids you're in class with or whatnot, or the girls that you see, or anything like this. That yeah, such so, 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 such and such has got a perfect life. Yeah. But knowing that you know they are probably going through somewhat something exactly the same as you. Yeah. So knowing that yeah, everyone is probably in the same boat. It's just mm. a matter of how big an issue they may be having mm. or whatnot. So. For me, yeah, no, understanding that no, no one lives, no one is in a perfect life. And not to compare because, yeah, Correct. he no, might seem just... like he's the most perfect 
bloke in the world, doesn't have an issue. But yeah, as you said, life isn't just like those champagne moments. It goes in dips and yeah. troughs and um, the troughs make the, the high points even mm. better and mm. vice versa. Like, yeah, life just isn't this no. linear kind of experience. You mentioned just some of the, the, the like, tips and tricks or tools that you do. Yeah. Like what, what, what do you do? I mean, it definitely, I never, it was never from the start. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not good. I need to go do something. I just, well, I definitely got help from Headspace. They definitely put a spanner in the works, got a bit of a kickstart on techniques yeah. and, and stuff like that. And then obviously you can't give up if something doesn't work, you got to try something new. You got to put yourself out there if, and then it might take you a couple tries to find something that really works for you. And then after a while it might not work anymore. So, you know, you got to try, find something again. But yeah, it's always, if you put in the effort, it's definitely going to work out for you. Mix it up a bit. Mm. Yeah. When it gets stale, try different things. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, what do you do? Like now, oh, so now I still work at a footy club. So now we've got, um, We've got dedicated, you know, the footy clubs are always perceived as do weights, train hard, um, you know, uh, be in the pool, massage. So now we have, we've actually got a, a full-time sports psych that dedicates, um, you know, I think there's three or four one-hour blocks a week to mindfulness. So a lot of the boys are doing um, uh, meditation, um, getting in before training, visualisation skills, little things that was seen as at a, at a footy club especially it was like no nah, no nah, we don't need that or if it was it was you could go away and, and access this externally versus having someone come to you that's you know part of your football club and understands exactly what all the boys are going through so at work it's it's um you know mindfulness with with meditation and whatnot at home for me it's just playing with the kids mm. now this is it seems easy but they don't care if you've had a good day or or, or a shit day um, as soon as you get home and you see the smile on the kids' faces or you see them running up the hall towards you, that may, that just throws everything out the window of what happened that day, mm. whether it be positive or negative. So in the future, if you get down to that stage, you'll, you'll know that we, when we sat here that day and it's like Ruff said that, you know, kids are a, a wonderful tool to get your mind off things. Um, yeah. You go, yeah, he was right. Spot on. You yeah. might have like cousins or, or that kind of stuff. Yeah. What about you? What, what do you do to... To look after yourself. Uh, yeah, just uh, as I keep saying, yeah, keep saying, just trying to, um, yeah, keep, keep myself busy at, at, at travel. Just um, your, your times, like, um, yeah, I'm in a mood to like um, wash wash my cars and all that. Um, yeah, might might get yeah, might to um, get given a bit of a wash just to fill in my time, fill in my day. Um, There's a nice metaphor in that, I reckon. Yeah, like, yeah, cleaning, like, it's, yeah, um, his. Baby is his car. So. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah so uh, I own about two, two cars. Perfect. I do. Don't 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 know how I manage it, but yeah. You hit yeah, a road. You can only drive once at a time. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you can drive both at once, I'd be no. very impressed with that. Yeah. He'd <laughs> be famous if he could. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, apart from just getting my cars, but have a wash, I might just uh, um, yeah, just go a bit of a stroll down the street, enjoy, enjoy some daylight whilst I still can. Great answer. Yeah. Nature's wonderful. Yeah. Being outside. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, but beach just yeah, sitting, sitting at home, to, just chilling. So I just went um, on a nice day like like this. So just yeah, go go outside and. And, go, and maybe just say, go, go see who, who's out and about. So you gents have spoken really well about support within schools and whether that's a well-being team or just like a, a solid teacher that has mm. your back. 
Any other ideas of how to seek support out in regional towns? I mean, it can even be a other significant other, like maybe if you've got a girlfriend at the time or something like that, or if you've got grandparents that are around or a cousin that you've just always been good mates with, mm. or even someone in your local footy club or any other club, maybe the pub you go to. <laughs> I know it can be anyone, really. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Definitely, I, th I definitely think your involvement within um, community sport is huge. So, mm. co you know, some coaches and whatnot, you spend more time with your parents some weeks because of the training and, and playing commitments that you have. So the trust that they have in you, I suppose you've got to show them back the other way. Mm. So for me, definitely um, junior coaches and, and training staff or assistant coaches that I had were were some that you would you would go to. There wasn't so much a headspace or anything like that, but you know you wish there was maybe 20 years ago. And de your parents is an, is an easy one, but at the same time, you know they're they're the ones that you're most scared of because you feel like you're letting them down yeah. a little bit as well. But I, I guess for me, you know, teammates within those local sport sporting groups, whether it be basketball or footy, that I played majority of my junior um, sport coming through, that was what I played. So you know, definitely coaches or, or teammates that you'd be, because, you know, at times you're on the road three hours, you know, mm. to get to training or to get to a game or something like that. So the amount of time you're spending with your, either your best mate, their parents, um, you know, they notice changes in you. So, mm. you know, not being afraid to, you know, open up and just say, yeah, something is going on versus mm. I just holding it in and saying, yeah, no, no worries. Yeah. It can even be a pet or something like that. Yeah, like right. I've always, every now and then, if mum and dad aren't home, I'll just go sit outside and I'll just pat the dog, I'll play with the dog, yep. I'll, yeah, I always find that a nice outlet as well. I'm pretty touched by what I heard, to be honest. I just love the range of blokes being able to get into a room, talk a bit of shit, but then get into the real nitty gritty. Um, and the two young guys in particular, just miles ahead. What did I learn about guys in the country versus in metropolitan areas. I think, yeah, to do with that isolation. Like they've got the freedom to be able to be outdoors and hunting and fishing, but then also be able to be vulnerable and reach out.